welcome to another episode of You Do What? The podcast where I interview my comedian friends about their traditions and rituals. My name is Cindy Arvina. This week on the podcast, I have comedian Ian Ager. Ian co-hosts a wonderful show in LA, one of my favorites, Canteen Points, every Thursday at the Good Night in North Hollywood. Please check that out if you can. It's always a great show. Um, and Ian can also be found on Instagram and Twitter at Ian Ager. And this week we talk about miniature wargaming. So I hope you enjoy that. A larger hobby. Mm -hmm. uh, some people some people know it as, as miniatures. M miniature model building. Yeah, yeah, miniature modeling, miniature painting. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Sweet. And then um, how old were you when you got into this? I was maybe, gosh, like... 11 or 12 uh -huh. when I got into it, but I had sort of been interested longer than that. Uh, cause there was in the, in the mall in the, the capital in North Carolina in Raleigh, there was a, a model train store and like I'd grown up on like Thomas the tank engine uh -huh. when I was like four and I was like, ah, oh, trains are cool. But then in that store, they also had a catalog for uh, Citadel Miniatures, which is the, the miniatures line from Games Workshop that everybody knows as Warhammer or Warhammer 40K. Mm -hmm. So I, I got a catalog, and it had, like, all this cool shit in it, like fucking, like, elves riding on dragons and, like, <laughs> orcs and, like, chaos knights, all this really cool stuff. Uh, and I must have, like, read that catalog, like, back to back, like, cover to cover, uh... I don't know, easily, like, 50 times yeah. before I even, like, ever got into the hobby. Were there, like, articles in the catalog? Or was it was it just literally models? just a sales catalog. Yeah. It was just, like, here are, like, individual things you can order uh -huh. with, like, the numbers and everything. You were just, just obsessed. It was just, it was a cool fucking thing. Uh, and, you know, when you're, when you're 10 and your parents haven't let you have video games <laughs> yet, uh. it's just like, no, nah, this is cool. So, yeah. And then this was, like, back before, like, ordering on the internet was easy. Like, did you have to, like, have your mom call in and order this stuff for you? They had a mail order thing. Oh, okay. Got it. They had a mail order thing. But I actually didn't get into uh, Warhammer until we were we were actually in the U.K. Because it's a, it's a U.K.-based company. Mm -hmm. the, they're headquartered in Nottingham. But uh, I went back uh, to Manchester, which is where my dad's from. Mm -hmm. So we were, like, walking around Manchester, and I saw somebody, like, walking in a crowd with, like, a, a Games Workshop bag. And I was like, there's a store near here. We can buy these things. Let's go. So we found out where the store was, uh, and it's, like, tucked away in some shopping mall. And I got, I got some stuff. I got, like, a, I think, like, a, a ten-man squad of Chaos Space Marines and a, a Rhino tank, and I, I built them and I painted them up with, like, shitty enamel paints that ruined them. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, made, like, a little diorama like a, with, like, hills and dead trees, which were just, like, twigs stuck in it. And that was that was it. I was basically hooked from there. Did your mom make you wait until you got back home to do it, or were you allowed to do no, it? No, no, this was like I was I was on vacation and I was, like, living with my grandparents oh, for, the, okay. for the summer. And, like, my dad had come out for, like, a... I guess, like, a, a week or something. Mm -hmm. And then, like, so we got the stuff, and then he went back uh, to the States for work. 
and I got to stay and I, I built and I painted all of those things yeah. and like packed them in socks on the, in the suitcase to take back with me. So you had shit to do that summer. Oh, it was, it was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, cause like before that I was basically just like waiting for Simpsons reruns on BBC <laughs> cause there's no, you know, I was, I was very young and I only knew like the American TV. Yeah. So like the American shows that they had on syndication in the UK, I was like, oh, I know that. But, like, all of the UK shows, which I assume were good, I can't name a single one of them to you because I wasn't interested. Ad fab. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, now there's more, but probably back then. Um, <laughs> um, so you you do this competitively, too. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, there's a... There's there's different ways to approach the the hobby. Uh, the company is very keen on calling it the hobby because <laughs> then it's it's more than just a game system. Because if yeah. it's if you sell a game system, that means you have to be on top of like balancing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, Wizards of the Coast can't call Magic the Gathering a hobby because it's very clearly a game with mm-hmm. like clearly defined rules and keywords and all that. And that means it has to stay balanced. And they're very, they're very good about doing that. Like if something comes out and it's overpowered, they ban it or they, they alter the text or whatever. And they, they get it out of the competitive formats as quickly as possible. If it's causing trouble, games workshop has been very slow about that in the past. They're getting better about it now. Um, they've been way more on top of it in recent editions of the game, but for the longest time it was, it was a hobby and the core of their, like their sales that keeps the company afloat is, uh, kids exactly like me, mm-hmm. uh, like who see something cool and are like, Oh my God, I want that. That looks so cool. But they don't realize that it's like, it's like buying a model kit. Like you have to, you have to do all the hard work just to put it together. And then it takes hours and hours of time to paint it up to look anything as good as what's on the box art. Right. Yeah. Um, that was one thing that, cause I, I know a little bit about Warhammer cause I had friends that would do it. I didn't know that you had to piece these all together yourself. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. insane. It's all, it's all manual assembly. It doesn't, it doesn't come put together. Yeah. Uh, and you know, cause some of, some of the models are, most of the range is plastic now, which is really good because plastic is a lot easier to work with. But like when I got into it, it was all dudes like this. It was all metal. Oh, let me see that one. So like that is solid metal. Oh my God. It's so heavy. Oh yeah. Oh, his pants came off. His legs come off. <laughs> but that's, that's because it's literally like, cause you see the top half of the dreadnought is literally just like gigantic. And then you have these tiny little legs. You yeah. could glue that, but then he'd be falling over all the time. Yeah, so yeah. just for ease of storage and like moving it around, I didn't glue that. Oh, wow. So you can just have him walk around. I can't believe they made that all out of metal in the beginning. And originally, like the entire range was metal. Yeah. They started introducing plastics like very slowly. And now most of the range is plastic, really easy to work with. Some of the stuff is resin. Um, and that is difficult. It's more difficult than plastic to work with. I like plastic just because uh, plastic is very easy to clean up. Mm-hmm. You just you cut the things out. You shave down the little mold lines and everything until it's smooth. And then you glue it together with uh, plastic cement, which is better than super glue because super glue just sort of hardens. Uh-huh. The plastic glue actually melts both sides. So it melts both sides of the pieces and then sort of bonds them together that way instead of just like here's glue between two pieces right right 
That makes sense. Yeah, because so many of these things, like, I would never have guessed that they came separately just because they're held together so well, and you can't even really see, like, where they're connected. Mm -hmm. Not unless you're, like, inspecting it super closely, but from where I'm sitting. They've gotten much better with how they they design the the managers, too. Like, if you look at the Space Marines, it's pretty pretty apparent that, like, that's an arm, Mm -hmm. that's an arm, the torso front and back glues on top of the legs, you put his helmet in there, and that's, like, a whole dude. But then you look at something like uh, something like this guy, and it's it's kind of harder to see where the joints are because they've done a better job. Basically, they started using computer aided design. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that allows you to like sort of print out stuff. And this dude, even like it's another Space Marine, but this guy was printed basically like snap fit. So everything goes in much more seamlessly than with these guys, oh, where it's okay. like, these guys don't have a very dynamic range of posing. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at these, they're pretty static. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got a gun, you hold it, like, six inches from your chest, and that's what you get. Yeah, I like that guy's ponytail. <laughs> um, so, oh, and, like, this one has, like, a little bit of, like, bunch grass under the motorcycle. This is, mm-hmm. that just, that came with the... No, that is, that is stuff that I, I bought separately ah. to put on the base to make it look cool. So they, they already had that kind of stuff, like, oh, you can mm-hmm. also get this, make it look more realistic. So the, the old school basing is you do just, like, you put the, you put the guy down on the base, and then you do kind of like this. So you put white glue down on top of the base after you've glued the guy to the base, mm-hmm. And then you can put sand down, and then you just paint the sand to make it look like a desert. That's so cool. That's just, like, classic (laughs) bare minimum basing. And then with stuff like this, I get a little more creative. So for my Space Wolves, I wanted them to sort of be on a a snowy planet, but it's not interesting to just cover the entire base with snow, because then it looks bad. Yeah. So you do little patches of snow, and I got separate snow that's like, uh, like a white powder flock that I mixed in with some baking soda and some white glue, and you put that down on top of the sand, and then you have the little grass tufts, which I actually, they make them now, you can buy them, and it's literally just like a roll of tape Mm. with grass stuck to it, and there's like sticky on the bottom, so you can just peel it off and apply it. But to get that kind of effect in the old days, what you had to do is get static grass, which would be like the individual fibers. Okay. So you'd get like... A hundred little individual (laughs) nylon fibers, and then you'd glue them into place on the base, but that would still look flat because it's just glued plastic on the base. So then what you had to do is get, like, a bug zapper or a specially made tool and use the electric charge to make it all stand up. Oh, my God. That's so neat. Yeah. (laughs) So this is cool because that kind of, like, teaches, like, kids, like, hey, you can science the shit out of this. You can absolutely science the shit out of it. That's so neat. Um... How how long, like, kind of walk me through, like, the whole process, like, from, how long does it take, like, from start to finish, usually, with, like, some of these smaller models? So, if you're doing, if you're doing infantry, like, the, the Space Marines usually come in a box of, like, five or ten dudes. So, if you get a box of ten guys, um, from start to finish... The first time, the very first time you do Space Marines, it'll probably take you, like, I don't know, three hours to get them all built. Okay. And then 
you got to spray primer them so the color will stick. And you do like either a, a black primer or a white primer. You can do gray. That's what I usually do now, mm-hmm. just because it's a nice medium between the two. Um, and then you got to put paints down. And if you get like the the official GW paint kit, like like every good young starting hobbyist does. That'll take you probably another six hours to get them all, like, just, like, base coated where everything has, like, a really heavy coat of, like, blue and gold paint on it. Mm -hmm. And would you, would you usually do it, like, all in one day or would you kind of, like, do it uh, over the course of a few days? Usually over the course of a few days. I know some people who just, like, bang out an army in, like, a weekend Uh and literally, like, so when they leave the office on Friday, they just, they go home and they stay up painting until, like, 3 or 4 in the morning, and then they sleep, and then when they get up, they paint again, like, the whole next day, yeah. and they paint again on Sunday, and then they finish an army in a weekend. But, like, armies are, are pretty pretty big now. So, like the, like, the models I have here on the table, that's not even, like, a, a complete army, not for any of these. Um, usually you, you need about around 50 models is oh, okay. is an army uh depending on what you're doing and so some of the armies these little guys yeah like 50 the little dudes mm-hmm. uh and then mm-hmm. some of them will be like bigger character models some of them will be vehicles yeah the vehicles are insane those are very dope um do you have like a ritual when you're putting these together like do you like put on music or like a movie or do you just like like silence meditation kind of it it depends. Um, I've done I've done like hobby night settings where like you go into like your local store and everybody has like a box of shit that they're working on and okay. you just kind of like talk and shoot the shit That's around right, yeah. while you're like putting models together or painting them or whatever. And then you can also just like do the the solo thing. Uh, when I was when I was modeling and painting armies in college, I basically just like I had a, a drawer. Basically, like, the where your keyboard is supposed to go in yeah. a desk drawer, like, that was literally a paint station for me in my dorm. Uh-huh. So I had, like, paints and, like, a palette ready to go. So you can just sit there at your desk, pull that out, and then just paint while you watch, like, five movies. Yeah. And that was, that was a really easy way for me to get that done. I watched a ton of, like, sci-fi B-movies. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what did you watch? <laughs> Painting Space Marines. Uh, that's that's yeah. the first time I saw Pandorum. Uh-huh. Um, Event Horizon is a really good movie for this. Yeah, so you, you kind of watch stuff to get you in the mood, kind of in that mindset. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And it's good, It's good too, just for like... Because uh, sometimes you don't know what you want to paint it as. So if you're like... If you're looking for inspiration while you build stuff, because you don't know what you want to paint, like, the whole army scheme yet, you can put on, like, a horror movie or something Mm -hmm. and, like, use the colors from that. Because a ton of it, a ton of the GW range is actually inspired by, like, film and stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, how do you decide what to paint what? Because, like, this this wolf... um guy he's got he's got some armor and the armor's yellow and in like a navy and a red mm-hmm. is that was that that was just from your own head like inspiration no nope, that's that's the uh the space wolves color scheme oh, okay. so they have there is actual like there's a whole backstory for like why the space marines are the way they are uh-huh. and there's different chapters and organizations uh the space wolves are the ones that uh stuck out to me because they're basically just sort of space Vikings. Mm-hmm. They're the space marines that uh, can drink beer. Like, none of the <laughs> other space marines drink beer because they're all very, like, puritanical. Uh, but the space wolves are 
just sort of Vikings in space. Yeah. That's so cool that there's, like, the lore behind these. Like, how do you... And and does that come in the box? Or, like, how do you find out about that? It doesn't that? come in the box. It does come in all of the rule books, ah, though. Ah, got it. So... This is an older. That's a thick book. This How is many an older edition. <laughs> this is an older edition, but okay. like, so this is like not just the rules, uh-huh. but also like, there's a ton of like fluff stuff and like pictures and stuff. So oh, like, okay. this is this is the Space Wolves page, and that's like the color scheme of the Space Wolves. So uh-huh. yeah, they're very like that like dark, dark blue gray. Mm-hmm. With yellow and red accents, so that's that's where the colors of those ah, come okay. from. You did a good job. I try. Yeah, I try. It's it's mostly it's mostly trial and error and a bunch of imitation. But so that's the rule book that you you get like the first time. This is the rule book they sell in their like starter kits, and this is actually what most of the tournament players use because it's literally just a condensed rule book, and it's uh-huh. just what you need to play a game. It's none of the fluff, but you've got, like, all of your weapon profiles and everything in there. Very tiny. You can literally, like, roll this up in your pocket if you want to. So when you play, is it like, are you battling against other people? Mm-hmm. The, the way that I, I explain it to, to people who have never played a game before is, like, you build your army, like, box by box, and once you've done about, like, ten, ten boxes of stuff, you've got enough for, like, a, a real game. <laughs> And you take all your stuff, and your friend takes all his stuff, and you throw it together on a field with, like, a, a cardboard castle and some hills, oh, and okay. maybe, like, a little miniature forest, and then you roll a bunch of dice to see who wins. Oh, okay, I was gonna say, is it, like, <laughs> there's gonna be, like, a, a thing to actually playing it, it's not just, like, you know, kids are just like... You could, these don't exactly play well like that. Yeah, yeah. Um... But the the game is sort of you abstract a lot of the movement and shooting with uh, tape measurement and dice rolls, Got just it. regular six sided dice. There's nothing nothing really fancy. I think I remember my friend that played it. He there was like a grid, right? Like a giant grid that you play on. Some systems use a grid. Okay. BattleTech is famous for that. You have like a hexagonal grid, mm-hmm. uh, and like some hexes will be waters, and then like some will be hills, and there's different hexes of elevation and it costs more movement to go up versus down uh warhammer doesn't use a grid it literally just uses a a six foot by four foot table and then you fill that up with with terrain it's generally if you're just playing with friends you sort of have you agree with each other on how much stuff you want on the board and like where it all goes Mm -hmm. but in a tournament setting the boards are set up by judges and all of the terrain is basically fixed okay and, um, how are, like, when you go to, well, you, are there, like, conventions for this, too? There used to be. Used to be, okay. There used to be a convention circuit that uh, Games Workshop sort of set up. They they called them Games Days, and they would have, uh, like, a couple in the U.S. every year. I don't think they do that as much anymore, but what's happened now is in the absence of those, because the games days were also where all of the grand tournaments were held, Mm -hmm. and those were officially sanctioned, like, tournament events run by Games Workshop staff. Once those stopped happening, the community sort of kept it going on their own, so they had independent tournaments and independent grand tournaments, and that has sort of evolved into what's now the independent tournament circuit. Mm. Uh, the guys who run that are actually down in San Diego. A uh, couple couple buddies of mine, uh, Reese and Frankie at Frontline Gaming. 
that's a, a gaming store, but they, they sort of run the, the independent tournament circuit. And that begins and ends every year at the Las Vegas open, which is every February in Las Vegas. Okay. And it's like a giant, uh, it's basically a, a giant weekend convention of sort of all things wargaming. They have, they have the Warhammer championships obviously, but they also have like, uh, Age of Sigmar, which is like what Warhammer Fantasy turned into. They have War Machine and Hordes. They have Infinity. They have all these different gaming systems, and it's just like a, a big gaming weekend. That's fun. Um, where do they hold it in Vegas? It was at Bally's the last okay. couple years. A uh, year before that, it was at the Flamingo, and I think it was at Bally's again before that. So I think I think Bally's is, is where it's at for the foreseeable future. I don't know, you, you kind of have to talk to, to Reese about that, but they, they did that at Bally's the last couple of years. Okay. And that's been a, a pretty good venue for them. Are there, like, builders that are, like, notorious in the community? There are. There are definitely uh, hobbyists who are a, a cut above, yeah. and they, they actually offer their services to people. So, like, you can do, you can do commissions. Uh, this Tyranid, for, for example, uh, was done by uh, a buddy of mine who lives in Philly now, but he used to live in, in South Jersey. His name is Steve. And he sort of started just doing... He, he got into the hobby doing the terrain first. Like, he just liked making, like, hills and little ruins. And then eventually started playing Tyranids competitively. That's uh, one one Tyranid model from his old army. But he's he's a commission painter and does, like, army commissions on the regular. And it's a, it's a decent source of income for him because that's, like, you know... 200 to 300 bucks oh, wow. just to like paint the stuff and that's on top of the cost of models so like if you want a, a nice commission painted army you know that's like you basically throw like $500 at it same as like if you're getting into golf oh, okay it's yeah, it's yeah. a similar entry cost and then once you've once you've got over that initial sunk cost you have that incentive to to keep playing because it's like well I've spent so much money at this it's not it's silly if it all just gathers dust right right and what what's also really amazing about this is, like, the storage of it. Because you have, like, these, I mean, I'll call them pelican boxes for lack of a mm-hmm. <laughs> knowledge about that. But it One has, of those like, is actually a pelican, so yeah. Yeah, and it has, like, the foam, and it's, yeah, this is, you're not just going to, like, throw these in a bag because they'll all break, obviously, because it's so fragile. There's there's a lot of different storage <coughs> options. Um, I know what, what a lot of people do is... Uh, they just use the the foam cases, but you know I've I've seen everything from like cookie tins. Oh yeah. With like you get like the big Christmas cookies, and then what you can do is put like a magnet under each base, mm. and then they just sort of stick in there. And then you don't need foam because they're magnetized to the floor; they're not yeah. going to move around. And yeah. You can like stack them on the walls in a circle, all kinds of nutty stuff. Oh, I like that. That's super. That's clever. And then uh, a buddy of mine used to carry around like a whole army in a rifle case. Mm-hmm. Like, you get one of the big, like, uh, flambo like, rifle cases, because that's foam-lined, and it's really long, so you can fit a lot of stuff in it. But then when he has to go to a tournament in a store in a shopping mall, and the guard stops him, and he's like, hey, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I swear, it's, it's, just, it's just tiny man dolls. Like he has to open it up yeah. in front of everyone and be like, look, it's Space Marines, not a gun. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, do you have, like, any, like, weird stories from, like, either, like, doing this with friends or, like, going to the tournaments? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a ton of weird stories from tournaments. Um, 
because of because of the amount of expense involved in in playing this and especially like the time investment in playing this at a high level you get you get some really interesting characters at tournaments um the playing field is mostly white mostly male yeah um, are there girls though that play? There it? are definitely girls. There are girls that play, and there are girls that win major tournaments. Oh, uh, the Bay Area Open was won by uh, a girl, a good friend of mine, Liz Foster, like a couple couple years back. Won with a, a demon army. Uh, it was it's funny because the the tournament prize is like this like giant like basically like a wrestler's belt, but mm-hmm. like wolf pelts all over it. It was really expensive for Reese to make, um, but it was it was clearly. They were expecting that a dude was going to win it, and we're all fairly large guys, so it was it's a belt sized for, like, I don't know, like a 50-inch a waist, <laughs> and Liz wins it, and, like, there's there wasn't a setting where it fit. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to make extra loops. It was like a hula hoop for her. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, but, yeah, there's weird stuff. Like, uh, there was a tournament I went to back when I was in North Carolina. I drove down to, to Columbia, South Carolina for a a weekend GT, uh, and I wasn't doing so well because I was playing Chaos in 5th edition at the time, and they were not a good book uh, at the time. So I came in, like, day two of the tournament, and I was already, like, th- three losses deep. Oh, so geez. I'm not I'm not in contention for any prize support at that point. I'm just there to have a good time yeah. and, like, meet people, play games. Um, and I get paired up against uh, an Imperial Guard player. Imperial Guard are just sort of like the regular, like, human army mm-hmm. uh, in a setting full of, like, nightmare superhumans and aliens. <laughs> uh, they're also one of the more expensive armies to get into because even, like, at the base level, you need so many more models. Because, uh, like, every squad of infantry needs a tank and your infantry costs, like, a third of what everyone else's infantry does. Ah, okay. Points-wise. So you get... So many more dudes. They're not as effective, but you get so many more bodies on the field. So it's an it's an expensive army to get into. And then on top of that, uh, this guy shows up uh, decked out in Ferrari gear, literally like <laughs> wearing a Ferrari hat, like a Ferrari track jacket. I think he had Ferrari shoes. I'm not sure. Uh, Just head to toe. <laughs> yeah, but also it's like a 19 year old kid. So I'm like, you clearly don't have a Ferrari. <laughs> Um, but Just he's a like fanboy. <laughs> decked out in Ferrari stuff, and then his guard army is all uh, like Forge World, which is Games Workshop's like premium line of like resin sculpts. That's all like very highly detailed. Uh, so he had an army that's easily like you know a decent a decent in shape like used Miata worth oh, okay. of an army. Like this dude shows up with maybe like. $3,000 God In miniatures uh, Were his parents rich? I assume so yeah. I don't know At 19 you're probably not Making a lucrative career To be <laughs> De- Definitely if you're If you're spending it On miniatures And Ferrari swag I don't I don't no. think you're You're spending your Investment money wisely Right right I don't know um, But that was That was a weird game um, And like I don't know I'm I'm sort of more more of an outgoing guy and like I like to I like to talk and have a good time with my opponents. There are some people who get like really into this game. Oh, I bet. Um, and 
it's it's kind of a problem at at the upper levels of tournament play because there are people who are sort of known for just like being that like surly tactical mind where they just they literally just like they sit like this and they just like look at the board and you're 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 in a tournament setting like you have a timed round so it's like we have like two hours and fifteen minutes to play the whole game oh and if God. you're just gonna like sit there and stare for like ten whole minutes I'm just gonna be like hey dude you okay yeah <laughs> like it's it's just it's just a game it's just toy soldiers man it's not <laughs> it's not life or death but some people literally just like they treat it. It's like it's their version of the Super Bowl, like yeah. every game, and I'm just like, I I don't know that I can invest that much into it. Have you ever seen any fights break out? There have there have not been fights, but there there has been a lot of like animosity because mm-hmm. certain players don't like certain other players because they've had bad games with them in the past. Like some people, some people have reputations for like being a slow player, so like you won't get a full like five to seven turn game where you would normally expect to at least get five turns. If you play somebody who's slow, you might not even get three. Oh my God. And that's, that's agonizing when like your game kind of depends on that. And yeah. that determines like price support and all that is your record. And there are some people who are known slow players. There's some people who are like known rules lawyers. A lot of the top of tournaments now is just people who are really neatly about the rules and they have like their interpretation of the rules which might not actually be what the rules say but they think their way is the only correct way and they're willing to like hem and haw and argue and like get a judge called over and they'll plead their case like it's the supreme court oh my god (laughs) and it's it's absolutely nutty um we've had people like rage quit tournaments after after like a, a draw or like a close loss and like sometimes it's it's absolutely crazy like people people demand a judge ruling on like if a if a die is cocked so like if a die doesn't land flat but some people will call it like if there's a die just like sitting on top of something that's not the actual game table it's like hey that's not on the game table right that rule doesn't count it's like uh looks like it's on the table to me man it's like, well, fuck. If that die roll counts, then I, I fail this charge, and that means I lose this game. How dare you? How dare you dick me over, Judge? And it's like, it was, it was on the table. I don't, know, I don't know how much clearer I can be about things. Seriously? Have you ever seen, like, just a bunch of miniatures fly up in the air because someone got so mad? No. I've, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen pictures of a bunch of miniatures fly up because, like, a car drives through the shop. Oh, God, what? And, like, takes out a table. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> But generally, generally people don't rage quit. The worst, the worst that I've had, not like a table flip incident. Uh, I think that's more that's more prevalent in in hobbies with a, a lower cost to entry. Like right, if it's right. if it's if it's just magic cards or like a board game, that's one thing. But this is like everybody's bringing at least twenty man hours of work to the table, oh, yeah. and that's that's a lot to just kind of toss over and assume that you won't get punched. Right. <laughs> Um, the closest that I've seen is I, I played a game in a tournament, like last round of a tournament, like a small one day tournament in a game store. Uh, and it was just because of the, the matchup, there was no way that my opponent could beat me. Uh, cause he had a bunch of, uh, gene stealers, which are like not very durable, but they're like, they're sneaky and they're really good in close combat. My army is entirely, uh, 
vehicles. They're they're flying skimmers that can't really be assaulted that easily, and they put out a ton of firepower that just withers gene stealers. So the dude had an all gene stealer army, and I had an army that was basically designed to kill gene stealers. So anytime a squad showed up from reserves to like sneak attack ambush me, I just shot it off the table, and it got to the point where by the end of it, he was literally just picking up like squads by the fistful and throwing them Holy shit. into a box next to him. Just so angry. <laughs> that's that's the worst that I have ever had. Did you kind of feel good though? <laughs> it felt it felt a little good because I. <laughs> I, I had had a fairly rough day up to that point, yeah. <laughs> and the, the last match was just kind of a softball, and I was like, oh, you know, it was it was good. Uh, I think I think now I'm at the point where, like, if I get those matchups, uh, I, I take no pleasure in it, but, like, I'm, I'm still not going to, like, beat the guy up, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Well, tight. Um, any, like, final thoughts on miniature building? Um, if you're thinking about getting into it, don't. <laughs> it will it will take absolutely all of your your spare time if you let it. Um, I don't know. It's a it's a really fun hobby, but it's it's kind of a a thing that you you sort of have to keep up with it. It's yeah. a it's a constant treadmill. Um, as long as you like have a project you're working on, it's pretty good. Like I, I enjoy the the painting aspect, especially just as like a, a zen thing. Mm-hmm. But I got into this game, firstly based on how cool the stuff looked, and then when I realized I, I don't have the patience to put in that many hours to make it look that good, I got into it like for for the tournaments because that's a, a cool thing to do. Is you you spend time on your army, go to a place. Meet new people. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the tournament scene here in California and on the West Coast. I have a lot of good friends now, so like tournaments are like a social thing for me. If I if I want, I can go up to like Barrio Open in San Jose, or like the the tournament they're having in Pasadena this weekend, uh, and like see a bunch of my friends, and that's that's a really cool thing. That's dope. We have like a little community outside of comedy. Yeah, but if you if you don't like. If you don't invest the time, really, it is all about the community. Actually, like if you don't invest the time with the the people who actually play the game, and you're just like a person who doesn't really go to the game store that often or play that much, I think you're gonna fall out of it really quickly. Oh. There are some people who are sort of like just painters, but for me, the the actual game is is much more engaging. Mm-hmm than any sort of marathon paint session would be. Right. Because, yeah, because then that's kind of an end goal, too. It's like, oh, okay, I did this, but there's there's still more. There's more of a purpose. Yeah. It's not, it's not like the game is incredible, either. There are definitely problems with the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of, my, one of my buddies, Casey, said it best. Uh, it's not, the, it's not the, the best game, but it is probably the coolest game to play. Yeah. You know, once once there's there's nothing like like full full painted armies going at it. It's it's actually like a really cool thing to see. Um not everybody not everybody does that and not every club does that. Uh here in here in LA the the Pasadena store is pretty good about enforcing uh painting standards for its tournaments. So you will actually see like fully painted armies a lot. But there's a lot of stores around where you you just see like people going at it with gray plastic. Oh, okay. Interesting. Just because it's ah, it's about the game, yeah. you know. I, I I put my Space Marines together. Yeah. I, I don't have the time to paint them because I want them to look good, and I can't paint good, so we'll just play like this. Yeah, just ready to go. 
Well, it's good. That's good. That's inclusive to that, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. It's it's all it's all basically sort of decided by whatever the size of your fish pond is. Yeah. Um, and different ponds have have different temperatures basically. Mm-hmm. So different different clubs will be more lenient or more strict about painting standards and stuff like that. But that's why I like like traveling and going to bigger tournaments because then you get a bigger draw from all over and you get to see you know people from the Midwest versus people from Seattle. Uh, some people come out from like Sweden to the LVO every oh, wow. year. Like it, it pulls in from from all across the globe. My, I think my first time at the LVO, I played a guy from New Zealand. Oh, that's so. Yeah, like a, a beautiful Blood Angel army. That's super cool. Do they play this in? I mean, I'm sure they probably play this in like Asia, right? Yeah. They play it. They play it all over. Um, it's mostly sort of biggest in North America and Europe. Mm-hmm. But there are there are GW stores and Warhammer bases all over the place. Um, a lot of it, honestly, follows the military. There's a lot of guys in in the military that get into this. Interesting. You'd think that they want to like stay away from that, but it's a probably a good thing to do in your downtime if you're in the military. Sure, yeah. it's better than drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Ian. Yeah. This is awesome. It's been fun. Yeah.